Hello, loyal followers. Megan and Lydia are back for episode. Oh, sorry. Episode 46 of Law School in Brief. We have been on a two week hiatus because summer. Summer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we have lots to catch up on. And uh, you're being treated to another after dark episode. Mm, Yes. It just feels like a summer episode. It's like when I texted you earlier today to be like, what are we going to talk about tonight? Usually I've just got like law school things. I want to just, but today it just, I don't know. It feels like summer. Yeah. With my, I'm done with my internship and my summer class and got a pee bear tall boy and just here with my friend, Megan. That's right. You're wait, you're drinking a tall boy. It is what they had at the store. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I myself am enjoying a modest 12 ounce can of the champagne of beers. You may have heard of it. Miller High Life. <laughs> when are we going to get sponsors? Oh, I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, gosh. Yeah. It does feel like summer. I've actually been hanging out in like, I don't know what you call this. Like it's like our dining room, master room, whatever. That makes it sound like we have a huge house. Our, our house is smaller than our apartment was. <laughs> um, really? It's about the same size. Well, yeah. you have that outdoor space. Yeah, we have all that, and we own it. <laughs> so there's yeah. that. But I've been hanging out with the windows open, and nothing feels more like summer than hanging out next to an open window at 10 p.m. Mm. Wow. You know? That's so nice. It is. I wish you were here. I wish I could have seen you this summer. Oh, me too. I did not go to the lake house that I usually go to in the summer. You usually go to a lake house in the summer? Yeah, it's not it's not mine. It's like a family friend. They invite us a lot. It's really sweet. Oh, um, it's lovely. I know. It's just great. Lake life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did know. Sadly, I do not. <laughs> uh, what have you been doing other than sitting in front of the open window? Okay, well... Just know that when I tell you what I've been doing, it's all against the backdrop of me sitting next to an open window. <laughs> I'm imagining. I'm, I see it. Very good. Um, well, I've been taking my online summer school classes. Um, Can you remind me what those are again? Yeah, absolutely. And, and for the listeners who are just now tuning in. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so I'm taking <laughs> professional responsibility, okay. which at other law schools is also called ethics, um, and wills and trusts. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I've been loving that. That's been really fun. And I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of research kind of like tying up loose ends for my internship. And, um, you know, since we last talked, I think, well, okay. The last time we talked, I was saying that I was going to have an interview for this internship on a campaign. Mm-hmm. Well, I got offered that job. Oh, wow. Is- Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so remember how I was saying like, this could be a lesson for any listeners. Like I was, okay. So I had heard about the job to apply for it. You had to fill out a Google form. I filled out the Google form, but then like a true internet stalker, I went and I found the campaign email. (laughs) I emailed the exact same duplicate information, like mere images of each other to the campaign email address. Um, And I had said to you like, either this is going to get me the job or she's not even going to interview me because she's like, (laughs) this woman cannot follow directions. (laughs) Um, Listeners at home and Lydia, it did work out for me. I'm pleased to say. Um, I knew it would. 
Oh, Lydia. You think too highly of me. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm pulling no. up the air horn as we speak. Oh, my. Should I wait for it? Here we go. <laughs> two nice ones, you know. Just, just a celebratory yeah. air horn instead of like a, oh, the party's starting kind of air horn. Right, know? right. Air horns of affirmation, I think, yes. is the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I've been sitting by the window working on this campaign, taking my summer school classes. Um, yeah, I mean like really like nothing nothing earth shattering. <laughs> well, how do you like I mean, I'll take ethics in the spring. How do you like it? And wills and trusts, like can you just write a will now? Okay. Funny you should ask. I did oh, yeah. actually write a will for one of did my, oh, my um, assignments. But I want to go back to your first question okay. about ethics. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I'm going to admit something on air right now that I think should be embarrassing, but I didn't even realize should be embarrassing until three weeks ago when I started this the class. This is the content that people come here for, so is, spill it. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what the MPRE was or that I had to take it. I think that's common. I see why you were embarrassed, but I don't think you should be. Okay. Well, thank you for affirming me. Because yeah. the first lecture in this summer school class was like, all right, welcome to professional responsibility. Before we get started, I just want to set some expectations because you know you're going to have to take the MPRE. And I'm like, duh, like I know that. And I'm like frantically Googling what that is. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. So not only do we have to take and pass the bar, we also have to take and pass the multi-state professional responsibility examination. Mm. Good to know. <laughs> I had no idea. I just thought that, like, we took a class in law school and then we were expected to retain that information and occasionally do continued learning exercises and that was it. Like, I had no idea. I only know about the MPRE because I was researching the bar exam for an idea that I had called Bar Bar. Did I tell you about this? I no. Like I have. Oh, oh. I had it this sounds really, really close fun. to Bar. I know, but it's Bar Bar. <laughs> bar Bar Bar. This is the idea, and I think it's fine. Anyone listening should copy this idea. I thought it would be fun to get a group of like when I was like thinking about going to law school um, and I was thinking like, it would be cool to get a group of like other people who have not gone to law school or not lawyers um, together. And one part of the bar would be like drinks. The other part of the bar would be like bar exam questions. And it would be like two teams. Um, I, I guess you could imagine like a family feud style setup where someone's in the middle and they're reading like, a bar exam question, one of the multiple choice ones, or even one of the like professional responsibility ones. Uh -huh. And then like the first team to like buzz and like say the right answer gets the point or something like that. I get it. Um, because a lot of them, if you're, I, cause I, oh, I told you in the podcast that I took a practice like bar yep. <laughs> exam, not the whole thing. Before we all school, remember. Just, <laughs> just to see like, how good my intuition is about the law because I guess I just assumed and I still assume that 
the a general American public knowledge set should just be enough to go about your daily life not breaking any laws and knowing your rights and stuff. One would but it's just not. I just did only slightly, slightly better than random. So <laughs> um, that's why I think Barbar would be really fun because I want to see people like fight over these multiple choice questions. But it wouldn't be as fun now that we've gone through one year of law school. But it's a, I think it would be a fun idea for anyone listening to this now um, who hasn't gone. So that's the only reason I know about professional ethics because I was trying to organize a Barbar drinking game yeah (laughs) (laughs) i actually like i i love the idea of course in like a post-covid moment of that too yeah yeah i i love the idea of like law students versus non-law students in a bar bar um but all the questions are ethical and not anything that anyone would have to have like content like you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah yeah anyway that would be super fun. I don't love the class. And oh. it's it's not because of like it's it's truly just because of the content. Um I think it's like really <laughs> it's like learning how to be shady or like <laughs> learning learning how to walk the line, really. Because so many of the rules just rub against the grain on like how I feel like a regular person of any sort of moral value <laughs> would operate. Um, yeah, like for example, today in the lesson we were doing, it was it was about uh, client attorney client confidentiality, and one of the cases we were looking at was um, one in which like the lawyer knew where a body was buried, but like couldn't talk about it because of Ugh. you know the, the code or whatever Ugh. and I'm just like wow like you really sat back and like watched this family crying out on the media like like they know their kid is dead but it's like just like, <laughs> you, know, like you know where the body's buried and they're basically begging someone to bring a body so that they can bury it like how low can you get yep um yeah That's so, so frustrating I don't love that Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do love wills and trusts. Yeah. Yeah. I, it seems like a combo of like contracts and property. That's, you took the words out of my mouth when <gasps> I was describing this to Brittany. Shout out Brittany. Okay. <laughs> As usual. When I was telling Brittany, she's like, how do you like wills and trusts? I said, it's a combo of my favorite classes so far. Yes. It's property plus contracts equals Megan in her happy place. Oh my gosh. So, okay. I'm getting a little bit of a ahead of myself on this, but okay. this was like my big substantive update for the week. Oh, okay. I'm ready. I think I know what I want to do with my law degree. It's like, whoa, come clear <laughs> to me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And I'm I'm, I'm I'm saying this out loud, like, you know, things could change, whatever. But like today, rather the last week, it has felt more clear to me than it has in years or since I began this journey. Wow. I think I want to do estate planning for like low income populations. That's so hear me out. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> my first question is like, is it complicated when there's not much 
wealth built up? It can be. Okay. Um, and here's, here's kind of what brought me to this place. Yes. So, okay. So, you know, my love of contracts and property and I had a torrid love affair, but now it's the summer and I'm taking wills and trusts. <laughs> and my professor, um, Professor El Sabawi, who has been like my advisor for the whole summer, essentially, she's, she's, doing this class. She's like running wills and trusts and she started the class off and I cannot give her more of a shout out because this is what really makes law school good. She started the class off by giving us some supplemental reading that's not in a textbook. It's like law in action in real life. And she directed us towards this ProPublica article. Um, for anyone listening, I really, 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 Lydia, you two recommend reading this. So okay. It's on propublica.org, and the article, it's very long. It's probably like a 45-minute read, minimum. It's called, Their Family Bought Land One Generation After Slavery, and then The Real Brothers, R-E-E-L Brothers, spent eight years in jail for refusing to leave it. Mm. And it's all about how how this family was disenfranchised from their, their biggest asset over time. Um, and a essentially like how, how courts and probate courts worked to like move this black family out of the, out of their ancestral land. Um, so I'm reading this and it's like, I'm seeing all of the reasons that I wanted to go into like public service and all the reasons that I feel very strongly about social justice played out in like these really tangible assets. Um, and in, in this article, they talk about different um, like different law organizations that work to like make sure folks are able to keep ancestral property. And so I read this and I'm like, wow. I'm moved by it. I'm like completely moved by it. I've read it twice now. I've forwarded it to a few people. I think about it regularly. And then I start taking this class, Wills and Trusts, and I'm like, you can, you can begin to really understand how wealth starts to kind of snowball and how the snowball for one family becomes like a bulldozer for another. Wow. Um, and I got, and then I, and then it just like one day clicked. I can't even like, I, I was like, wow, maybe I, maybe I work in estate planning because here's the thing when I close my eyes and I envision my ideal for post law school and for my career, yeah. I know that the jobs that I've been happiest in are the ones where I feel like I'm really connecting with people. And that goes a step or two beyond feeling like you're helping people because I think mm -hmm. that like you can kind of feel like you're helping people in many different jobs, right? Especially if you go yeah. out of your way to do good and be nice, like you can feel as though you're helping people, but like, I, I love like connecting with people and feeling like I'm understanding their story and like I'm helping them along with this like essential building block of their lives, things like that. Mm. And I thought one day I could have my own private practice where I'm charging people hourly, but based on their income level or like mm. I was telling my dad this today because I, I, I feel like I'm like coming like I'm like telling people a secret when I say like I want to do estate planning because it feels like exciting in that way yeah okay but, yeah okay you know how you're always hearing figures like this is not a real figure but like women make 72 cents on the dollar to a man right. 
right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So like, here's my estate planning practice and my hourly rate is, let's say just for ease of argument, a hundred dollars an hour. Well, if you're a woman, you're paying $72 an hour. Like if you're a black woman, you're paying $58 an hour. If you're a white man, you're paying $100 an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. And, yeah. and in that way, it's like I get to I get to set and make the rules and like create the culture and feel like I'm my own boss, but that I'm helping other people. And and also my husband Adam had a really good point when I told him my big secret about wanting to do estate planning. <laughs> uh-huh. He said that totally makes sense. Like because people usually go to lawyers on their worst day, but people don't go to estate lawyers on their worst day. They go there because they want peace of mind and they want to feel like secure. Um, yeah. I like whoa. that distinction. Wow. Adam. Yes. Right. Like that is such an important distinction to make. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I am digging that. I can see it. I think you'd be great at it. Thank you. Thank and you. it's so cool how much stuff you can like kind of just put into a will. You can like write as much as you want. Be like, this is why I'm divvying it up this way. And I like, I love you guys so much and blah, blah, blah. You can do right. that. And it's then, like a legal writing exercise, you know? Exactly. And there's also this like really petty part of me who like, yes, you know, loves reality TV. Who's like, yes, tell us why you're disinheriting your youngest son. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit here and soak up the tea and then I'm going to just yes. word vomit it out in legal jargon. And you know, that's that. <laughs> Can you oh. like describe for the audience what happens if you don't have a will? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So, okay. so here are a few things. Um, I did not know this before this course, but about half of the population in the United States dies what's called intestate. So intestate is just a fancy legal term that means without a will. So if I, for example, were to die tomorrow, I would die intestate. I did make my own will, um, but it hasn't been for class, class. Um, but it hasn't been like properly uh, witnessed or signed or anything like that. So, I mean, if I die tomorrow, this is more Carolina. Huh? Do you have to get it? Notice, notarized and stuff in North Carolina? Um, it depends. So okay. if I, I, I don't want to get too far away from your question. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, so but okay. So because I used a template that I found off of Westlaw, all of it is typed. So this is really interesting. Wills have to be, um, they have to be signed and they have to be witnessed and they have to be in writing. Okay. And, and those three requirements seem really easy, but you would be yeah. surprised how hard the law makes it. So like oh. take, for example, the writing requirement. Okay. Yeah. Some jurisdictions will, well, actually all jurisdictions will allow you to make what's called a holographic will, which is handwritten. Ooh. So oh, okay. I sat down right now and I said, you know, Megan will. The mm-mm is my last name <laughs> because we're still <laughs> pretending like this is even remotely, <laughs> even remotely anonymous. Yeah. But okay, the Megan na 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 will, uh, like I Megan, give all of my things to my husband Adam. By things I mean everything underscore underscore 
and then I <laughs> sign it and I date it, right? Uh -huh. I've created a holographic will. So then if I die tomorrow, Adam could take that piece of paper to um, a probate court, which is where you go when you have a will or like some posthumous document of somebody that you're like trying to get stuff out of their estate. And he could say, Megan wrote this, she signed it on this date, and they would look it over and go, yep, seems legit. <laughs> and then Adam could take all of my stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but jurisdictions differ on, you know, writing requirements, signature requirements. Like if I, if I didn't write my name, if I didn't sign it, but I put an X, right. you know, does the X count as a signature? It's like, well, I don't know. Like anybody could have made the X. It could be forged. We have no idea. She's mm. dead. We can't ask her. Um, can you sign it with a fingerprint? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you could. So yeah. the signature requirement is just, it's all about the testator's intent. So the testator in this example would be me. The testator is the person who's making the will. Uh -huh. So the signature is whatever the testator intends it to be. So I could draw a fucking like cat anime <gasps> emoji and it would be like, well, Megan, yes. that seems like Megan. Megan intended that cat face yes. to be the signature. That's what's happening right now. <laughs> um, I have gotten really far. What was your original question? Uh, this is all my fault. I keep... Um, <laughs> As we zoom in on the fractal, I keep going right. right. Um, I was asking you what happens if you die without a will. And yes. So yes. you're talking about when you have like an if you will in the probate court. But I'm guessing like if you don't have anything in the probate court, it gets pretty complicated. Is there just like a yes. default like it, it would default to Adam anyways because you're yes. married? Okay. Yes. Okay. So if you die in testate, yes, this is where we were. If you die in testate, that means you have died without a will, at which point your estate goes to probate court. Um, and probate court is just the fancy way of saying like, it's essentially like a state court. It's where, it's where people are sussing out like who gets what. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, this is jurisdiction dependent, but the, the majority rule is basically that it follows this distribution scheme so they will give, let's assume that you die without any debt, your stuff goes to your living spouse. And then you can get, to borrow your word, really fractal about what surviving is. Like, let's say Adam and I both got in like a horrible car accident and we died within 24 hours of each other, but I died first and then he died like 23 hours later. Yeah. So in some jurisdictions, that's not enough of a surviving to count. Um, okay. so the majority rule is like 150 hours or so, or it's like five days. You have oh. to survive your spouse by five days in order to be considered to have survived them. Right. Um, okay. So it goes to your surviving spouse. And then after that, it's to your children. And then after that, it's to your parents. And then mm -hmm. it gets super broken up and it's like, Whoa. yeah, I mean, we're taught, I mean, like there are provisions for every type of scenario, like every type of scenario. Wow. Yeah. Um, so and don't, so you, you would know, be the expert and you can just look at someone's scenario and just describe what it would be like for them. I mean, that's so great that they right. don't have to like muddle through all of that. And like, how fun I to just sit down this. and be like, tell me about your family. Yeah. Like, start every, like, tell me about your family. Who's in it? What's going on? Like, what do you love? What do you dislike? How can yeah. we work that into this? Do you have know. a secret family in your job as a traveling salesman that you, that is going to come forward? You should just tell me now and we'll take care of it. You just right. need to tell me the truth. 
it can be like that. Some hard moments like that. Yep. Oh, yeah. I can see this. Can't you see? I can completely see it. Like for the first time, again, it just feels like clear to me what I could be doing and be doing good work, like honest, helpful work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the moral of the story, kids, is don't die intestate. <laughs> you want to die testate. If you're going to die, do it testate. Yeah, Which if, means you if. have a will. <laughs> Whoa, I was just like, oh, maybe Megan will tell me a little bit about her classes. Holy crap, that is such a revelation. That's a huge high. Yeah, the biggest high of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of sure. the summer, maybe. Wow. Wow. Well, hold on. Um, what about your project of interviewing people who use their JD in creative ways? Like, are you going to keep doing that or kind of pivot to specialization? Oh, no, I'm still doing that because the conversations I've had through that project have been uh-huh. so much fun. Okay, cool. Um, last week, I actually interviewed this woman named Shelly Wood, who was my dad's boss. So my dad mm-hmm. um, works as like a drug and alcohol counselor. Um, and she was his boss probably like 10 years ago. almost. I met her when I was an undergrad. Um, and she was just like, I, I remember looking at her and thinking like goals, like she is, she is like well-dressed. She gets to bring her dog to work. She has her own office and she like runs this beautiful kind of Spanish style rehab facility in Los Angeles. Like that is cool. Um, uh, is the Spanish style uh, like a, a oh. note on the architecture or is yes. there like a yes. specific rehab style? Okay. I'm imagining like you take a siesta like like a, a Spanish style, like, under under the beautiful trees, right? Yeah, I'm like, ooh, this yeah, is no, good. Okay, it's yeah, it's like Spanish style architecture. It's it's a complete. Um, I think that this is the wrong terminology, but it's like a a live in facility. So like, you're there for you know a couple months or whatever. Okay. Um, so she has her JD. And I had put a call out a, c- a couple episodes ago. Like I'd run it, you know, I've kind of like my, my loss, my list has been exhausted. If anyone thinks like knows of anyone who'd be willing to talk to me, let me know. Yeah. And my dad texted me and said, have you thought about reaching out to Shelly? And I was like, duh, like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so well, I'm glad you talked to her this summer because it's, a, I think you're, you could have talked a lot about your summer internship. It sounds like such I mean, a related I- field where you were just talking about like her life we mostly were talking about her life and also um you know I told her what I was doing this summer but I think that what I was doing this summer kind of acts in opposition to her work whoa like I, I mean I would love to engage in like lots of discourse with my dad and her and like other people around this but just from kind of like what I'm gonna I'm gonna call myself a neutral third party because mm-hmm. You know, I'm not in that, I'm not in like the the drug and alcohol community. I'm like tangentially related, but like not even, that's not my reality. But the work I've been doing has been with an organization that seeks to normalize drug use. Okay. Whereas like my dad and Shelly work in like sober living. Okay. So yeah, I see why that would be an opposition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't really like totally walk down that road with Shelly. Um, but uh, I did get some real. So, so she had gone to law school and then 
started working in um in like uh, restorative justice within the the justice system so she was she was talking to to young men who had been convicted and trying to get them it was essentially like a a pathway out of incarceration back into like society trying to get them connected with services and things like that. And then that just sort of one thing led to another. And now she has for many, many years been the executive director of like different sober living or like rehabilitative communities. Nice. I mean, like who would ever think like, yeah, I'm going to go to law school so I can do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> she's so fulfilled and she loves it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm I, glad you're continuing that project. Even like, I don't know, you can kind of pursue both. You can like keep having these cool conversations and start networking within the trust and estates. Totally. I, I mean, also it's just, it is really kind of heartening to hear what the world looks like outside of law school, because it can feel very like myopic when you're in it. Like you have your blinders on and you can, you can't focus on anything, but the path that's laid out ahead of you which mm -hmm. to an extent is it works in your favor, but also to know that like there's this huge safety net that is the world outside of this experience <laughs> and your education will just continue to open doors for you. There's something really comforting about that. So like having these conversations is just reinforcing this like safety net and this feeling of comfort that I'm not making the wrong choice and that even if I make a choice and I, you know, kind of carry that out for a couple of years and I walk down a road and I realize I don't really like this and I want to back up and do a U-turn, like having a JD will allow you a lot of flexibility in making mm. those pivots. Okay. I don't want to rain on your parade or in any way <laughs> indicate that you would not be a good estate planner. I'm just saying if it doesn't work out, you should be a motivational speaker. You're like inspiring me right now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I could always moonlight as like a TED talker. There I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've been speaking of talking. I've been talking a lot and my Miller High Life I'm is so growing warm because... by the minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you talk. It's your turn. What's going okay. on with you? I have so much less to say. So I'm very glad to hear your updates. I have been, oh, man, I've been watching some movies See, this is yes. why my updates. <laughs> I finally watched Best in Show, and the movie is so cute. Oh my god, you fight! I didn't realize yeah. you hadn't watched that. A lot I haven't seen. I'm very close to the end of The Sopranos, and I've had this like very like superstitious feeling that like something is going to happen in my life or like in the world when I finish that. Not that the world revolves around me per se, but it's just this feeling that I have. Um, and so like four episodes away from that. So world just, it's coming. Um, Wait, you're only four episodes away from the end to end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't mean to put you on the spot while we are on air. Yeah. But can we watch it together? <laughs> the end, the finale. Yes, let's do it. Yes. That would be amazing. Okay. Well, offline we'll, we'll, we'll work that out, but oh my God, I'm excited. It'll probably just need to be this week because I want to finish before school starts. Like, cause whatever this thing is, that's going to happen in the world. I want to get it over with or, yeah. or embrace it before school. Um, <laughs> ooh, okay. Done. And ooh, um, uh, Billy and I had a kind of like kids 
night where we watched Pom Poco. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a Studio Ghibli film, I think, but it's not Miyazaki. But it's on HBO Max, and it's a movie about raccoons. I, I love it. Oh, my. <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, I've been watching good movies and eating good food. Um, made tamales for the first time last night. Delicious. Uh, so fun. Um, man. Uh, okay. So those are like little updates. My bigger update, is, and that's more law-related, is that um, I bought a car at an auction. Which, what? Yeah. It, um, I had been like looking around, having been inspired by my friend who lent me his car this summer, I was like, wow, it's just a game changer for living in St. Louis in general and especially during quarantine. So yeah. I was like, let me see what's out there. And um, yeah, I was looking at dealerships. I learned so much about buying a car because I've never bought one. I've never even looked to buy one before. And so there was just a lot, just so much I didn't know. And um, like Facebook Marketplace, I hadn't used that before for anything, for buying anything. Um, Craigslist, I like looked at, but I was like, this is so much of a gamble. And like dealerships and Edmunds, like used cars and car gurus and like everything. Um but then you had mentioned like how your friend bought a car at a car auction. And I was yep. like, hold on, what? And that there's like a co-part facility here in St. Louis. Um, so <laughs> I was searching, I was like bidding without realizing that, okay, I should explain how it works. You go online, carcopart.com. You have to pay like 50 bucks to become a member, which sucks. There's so many hidden fees in this. I don't, I'm not, recommending this to anyone <laughs> i'm just explaining what i did for entertainment value only because it's risky let me tell you so you log on you fork over some money you can see all of these cars like in the entire united states like there's lots all over the place where there's just like people bring like totaled cars and wrecked cars and like abandoned cars and all this shit and um so you can filter them by like the ones that actually run and drive and the ones that have like a clean title instead of a salvage title. That was something I learned about that was related to property law. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, like you have to have the title to the vehicle to prove that you own it when you go to get license plates and stuff. Oh, but are, when you, when you talk about, um, uh, so salvage titles isn't, I always no, wow, I'm like having huge word vomit. Salvage titles, doesn't that mean that the car itself is no longer in its like truest form? Like they've used like you might take like a Mazda bumper and slap it on like a Subaru. Like Oh, interesting. I don't actually know what it means because I just filter them out because oh, I heard okay. that it was like really hard to get car insurance for a car that has a salvage title and you have to like pay a professional to like reconstruct a title that you can then get a license with. Oh my. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, I think you buy the car with a salvage title to use the parts, I think. Um, so you can filter it out for things like this and like for locations that are close by and stuff and make a model and all this. Um, and then, you know, filter by like the mileage and 
the type of damage done to it. So I was only looking at cars that had like normal wear and tear or like damage from hail, but none that had like burned, for example. Um, like there was a category called like engine burn. And I was like, no, not for me. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> so I was, I was bidding. I was like going around clicking around. And I was like, wow, oh, I can't believe I'm like winning this Honda CRV for 500 bucks. Like this is incredible. It was like, 30 minutes before like the cutoff time and I was still winning and I was like this is like a 2005 Honda CRV like how am I winning this right now this is incredible anyways the time that I thought was like the cutoff time where they would announce the winner was actually the start of the auction and I had been doing like pre-bidding quote-unquote oh no so I was sitting there watching, like, absolutely fascinated because I had no idea that this was, like, a corner of the internet that could entertain me. But, like, you, like, open up this link that says join auction and you just watch as people from, like, all over the world are, like, clicking, clicking, clicking the price until, like, the computer, like, gives it a final 15 seconds and then says, like, sold. And then that person is legally obligated to, like, fork over money to, like, have that, like, junk car. So anyways, um, I got this, um, car. It has like 150,000 miles on it, which is obviously a lot, but it has some life left in it. And I bought it sight unseen, obviously. <laughs> and, um, it, it fit all the like filters that I mentioned of like run and drive and clean title and such. So I like drove over to the lot. And the battery didn't work. And I was like, um, it said it would run and drive. And they're like, it'll run and drive once you put a new battery in it. And I was like, okay. Um, but I guess the some of these cars sit on the lot for a long time. So like, got a new battery. It runs. But it's like, the windows don't go down. The AC doesn't work. The radio doesn't turn on. Mm. Which I was able to fix the radio very easily by replacing a blown fuse. But the other two, I'm like, I have no idea how expensive this is going to be. And I also don't know what else is wrong with the car. But the inside of the car was there was one window that was punched out. It was very easy to replace. The window was actually like in the car. I hadn't realized that. So I had called around and they were quoting me like 500 bucks to cut the glass to be the perfect shape. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, anyways, I could just pop it back in, which is great. But since that window had been out, I'm pretty sure that a family of raccoons was living in the car the little cute paw prints were all over the place and they had scratched 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 like all these different parts of the car oh my god this sounds like a studio ghibli movie i wish (laughs) i I guess in my mind i like wanted to raccoons because i think they're so cute um but yes something had lived in there or it wasn't like fur or anything but it was very dirty and so um you know, cleaned it out on the inside and it looks much better. Um, that's, that's a little misleading. I paid someone else to clean it out cause it was really gross. Um, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still, you know, at a pretty good amount of money spent on this compared to like getting a, a newer car at a dealership or anything. So, um, TBD on how much I'm going to sink into this, or maybe I can just trade it in at a dealership if I give it up, give up. But it was, definitely exciting in terms of like property law um the title aspect and then also I, we, we had like mentioned liens in property class yeah. l-i-e-n for the listener who thinks i'm saying l-e-a-n yeah and so i 
didn't know what L-I-E-N like really meant. But when it comes to buying a used car, I hadn't realized that like if you, if like you could be in a lot of trouble if you end up buying a car that has a lien on it because it just means that like the person who currently owns the car before you buy it, they still owe money to the bank. So the bank still has some kind of like interest in that physical car. So you don't really fully own the car. Like obviously like if I just like took out a $20,000 loan on some like nice car and then sold it to someone else for 10,000, well the bank still needs that their $20,000. So Right. Um I was like, "Oh, I see why that exists. I see why there needs to be like a a like part of the title that says that or like a, a form, you know, stapled to that, that explains that. And then another form that says like the, the loan has been paid off. There's no lien on this car. Um, yeah. That's yeah. what I've been uh, up to watching auctions on the internet and I watching have a movies, car. <laughs> watching auctions, making tamales. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And I got tested for COVID and I received the results negative, which is a huge high. Um, And also high, like finishing my internship and class just to have like a little bit of break before the semester starts. So you're, you're just hard chilling for the next week. Kind of like, I feel like I have like, I've ordered my books, but I haven't received them yet. There's some books I haven't ordered um, we've been going to like meetings with the administration to like push back against the the tuition increase um, and stuff like that. So there's it feels like there's still work to be done, and obviously this car is like a little project, um, but it's not urgent. And uh, yeah, I have like random like forums. Um, yeah, mostly chilling though. I, I shouldn't yeah. complain. <laughs> mostly chilling. Mostly chilling. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I have my like class schedule. I don't know if I ever told you. No, you didn't. Okay. So I probably said after registration, what I had registered for, which is evidence, bankruptcy, tax law, and the tax clinic. Wait a second. This is ringing a bell now. Okay. We had a whole conversation about the tax clinic and why you chose that. Yeah. And then... I have to take tax law in tandem with the tax clinic, uh-huh. which makes sense. Um, so evidence is like what I signed up for with my like buddies from my section. So that's exciting that we'll all be taking a class together. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's at 7.30 a.m. What? What? Yeah. I know. I know. And so part of why I signed up for bankruptcy, even oh. like, Bankruptcy, it's mostly because I expect there to be a lot of jobs in that field soon. Oh, um, after COVID. But the other reason is because it also starts at 7.30. And so in some perverse logic, I'm thinking it'll be easier if I just wake up at 7.30 every day than to Lydia. have to randomly wake up at 7.30 two days of the week. Lydia, That's you... when it- hate I waking out early. <laughs> I know, but what I probably would hate worse is like having the Sunday scaries like three times a week. Sunday, Monday before my Tuesday 7.30, and then again Wednesday before my Thursday 7.30. So I was like, let's just get into a routine and 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably going to hate it. Dude, I, I'm like, I consider myself to be like a semi morning person. And that makes me feel some type of way. (laughs) At least because it's remote, you don't have to get up earlier than that to go to class. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 27. That's actually, that's a good point. I was going to say like, these professors must just be like super gunners. Like they're up at like, they're probably the people that are up at four and run like five miles before they come home, eat a bowl of flaxseed and oat milk. And then they're like, I'm ready for my 7.30 a.m. class. It feels like noon. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know why they did that. But I have like a little break in between class and then my next class. And then I'm done for the day by like 10.30. And then I can just work on clinic stuff. Yeah. And then I can just work on clinic stuff at my leisure. And then Friday have off except for clinic. Okay, that's, that's actually it, it kind of works bad. out. Yeah, there's a trade-off there. It, it there are there are pros to the the con. So that's my that's my fall. I don't feel like emotionally prepared, but not unprepared either. It's just like, well, that'll just happen to me, you know. <laughs> okay, well, I I feel a touch differently. Okay, I so. I rem- I'm remembering, I mean, thank goodness for this podcast. If ever I forget or I feel out of touch with my emotions about one L, I can go back and yeah. listen. Yeah. Um, but I'm feeling like, I don't think I've ever felt more like an upperclassman than I do now. Why is that? It's just like, it's like, okay, I never bought into like the whole like upperclassman, lowerclassman, like any kind of hazing, anything like that. Like I was like, let's just all be, let's all get through this together. <laughs> you know, like the quicker <laughs> we can get out of here, the better. But now I'm like, I do feel as though I have some wisdom that I, that is in some way, shape or form valuable. And I'm like, <laughs> let me bequeath upon you young, know nothings, <laughs> these small morsels <laughs> of wisdom that I picked up along the yellow brick road to my two L year. Yes. And, and also I think now that like, not that I was ever like in, in jeopardy of getting dropped, but now that, you know, this like one L the, the culling of the 1L class has taken place and like we're all back Whoa. and you know what I mean? Like not having that, not having this like, this like hard ax at the bottom. Um, yeah. It, it, it does feel like this huge weight has been lifted. Like just the, because it's like, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, like I'm clear now. Like I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Um, I forgot that you have that hanging over your head. I mean, gosh, that is terrifying. Yeah. Like we all, we all do. And I'm not, you know, in the top 10 of my class. So like, there's always going to be like, I'm like, man, if I really like shit the bed and I had a horrible trimester, (laughs) like I, my head could be on the chopping block, you know, but, but at this point, like it would, it won't, it wouldn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I survived. Yeah, and we that, had that reverse calling too of the top ten, like just folks going transferring out to the to the top schools. And I was like, oh, oh, they're going there. Actually, it was happened, like very that happened here too. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm like so out of the loop with regards to like who's where in the class ranking, um, but like from what I've kind of seen, it's like the people that were on law review stayed. 
But then mm-hmm. the people that like I would imagine were pretty high up, like a, a good grip of them. And by that, I mean like three that I know of transferred mm-hmm. to UNC. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. I stayed close by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, wow, I hope you all don't get, you, you don't have COVID now because apparently that whole campus is a cluster. Oh, yeah. That's so sad as a UNC alum. Why are they doing that? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. So a bunch of uh, like the top 10 at, at uh, Wash U moved? I don't know if it was exactly the top 10, but there were, there were definitely a handful of people who transferred out and definitely folks that I'm like, yeah, they're really smart. And I'm sure there are people who transferred but didn't, you know, let anyone know. <laughs> and it's so easy when it's remote to just not tell anyone, I guess. Oh, but, super easy. But it's so exciting to hear where people are going. Um, yeah. And it's people that I'm like, yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Way to go, folks. You made it. <laughs> yeah. I also just, I, like, I don't think... I would want to transfer Uh, just so, so much blood, sweat and tears have gone. So many blood, sweat and tears have gone into like where I am. Um, It would be hard. I just, I I think that this also kind of harkens back to the whole conversation about, you know, would you start law school during a pandemic or would you take the year off? Right. I can't imagine starting or making a transfer this year. I guess I, I I feel like I set it up as a win-win for myself. The win of transferring would have been like whatever like opened doors for like future job opportunities. Um and like access to professors who actually work on the stuff I want to work on, but right. <laughs> but the win for staying is like immense. The social relationships that I made here in person before we went online is awesome, especially with professors, but no, I shouldn't say that with professors, especially with friends. <laughs> and then just getting to know this new place and um, the scholarship money is a huge oh. event. You just don't get any scholarship money as a transfer student. Um, so <laughs> that's like freaking huge. Yeah, big deal. And like, I know, like I got the inside scoop on like which professors are good, what, you know, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to put a value on that. Yeah, so, that's that's anyways. like a, an entire year's worth of data that you've collected mm-hmm. informally through conversations and experience that you would just and you'd start from scratch if you transferred. And then it's here's the thing too, especially for me at Elon, like this in my mind, this is like my last year of law school. Whoa. Well, check this out. Okay, I like re- this really became crystallized for me in the last week or so. Mm-hmm. So I'm remote this trimester, right? And then either my winter or my spring trimester, I'm doing my residency. So I'm not in class. I'm like, mm. I'm like 10, it's 10 weeks of an internship. Nice. Okay. And then I, and then I have a summer and then I have a summer internship and then I have one trimester and then I graduate. So Holy crap no matter what, I only have at most two more in-person trimesters before I'm done with law school. Whoa. Which feels crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So transferring just, I couldn't, yeah. (laughs) The end is so tangible right now. I know. Well, especially in your, like, um, what's the word for it? 
rapid program. No, what's the real accelerated, word? Accelerated, I think. Accelerated, thank you. Yeah. Drink it up, girl. It's good. Well, given that you are staying, what's your what's your fall trimester schedule like at the end of the month? Oh, um, my fall trimester schedule, again, I'm completely remote. So mm-hmm. um, I, I know that at least one of my four classes is going to be done asynchronously. Nice. Yeah. Meaning I can like, it's pre-recorded and I can watch it whenever. Um, but I have a Monday evening class and then Tuesday, Thursdays are like my heavy days. Mm-hmm. Basically I'll break it down this way on Monday and Wednesday. I have one evening class and then Tuesday and Thursday is when everything is happening nonstop all day. Oh. And then on Friday I have nothing. That is so weird. But maybe it'll be a good rhythm. Like maybe Wednesday you can get like so much reading done and Friday you get so much reading done and you just have the weekend. I mean, is that a fantasy? That's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. Like, come on, Lydia. We know this now. Like there is no such thing as a weekend. (laughs) No, no, no. I've, I've kissed my weekends. Goodbye. Bye bye. Oh, we it was fun. It sounded at the same time. Oh, we're so cute. We're so synchronous. (laughs) Uh, well, that feels like a good place to stop the pie. I mean, we just kissed <laughs> in sync with one another, like from thousands wow. of miles away. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that the microphones picked it both up or maybe, maybe Skype, you know, like thought you were still talking. So it picked yours up, but, but just know mine was there. Yeah. Oh no, I heard it. I heard the kiss and I hope everybody else heard the kiss. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like a good place. I, I have nothing else. <laughs> I, I can't remember what I've been doing these two weeks. It's like, but that's kind of the beauty of it. It's like, okay, this is vacation. Yeah. You know? Soak it up. Well, oh my gosh. I I hate that I waited until the very end of this episode to think of this. What um, I wanted to just really quickly make a plug for... <laughs> um, either like rating or writing a review of the podcast on, on uh, Apple. Um, We're at 29 ratings and reviews. Um, And like being the law student that I am and that we are, I would love to see it at 50 personally. Like (laughs) maybe we set a goal. I don't know. But if you're listening to this and you've like gleaned anything at all, um, just, you know, click however many hearts you think we deserve. (laughs) And that's that. Wow, I didn't even know we were up to that. Oh many. yeah, the pe- the people have spoken, and we have a four point nine average. Okay, <laughs> so amazing. How do I get my GPA that high? Hey. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, and on that note, I suppose we should end. Yeah. Okay. Well, talk to you later, and you know, listeners, we'll be back more regularly once the fall yes. kicks up. You can expect us on a weekly basis yet again. Yes. But until then, besos. Bye. Bye. Mwah. Mwah.